And is this your music room? Is this a... No, actually, this is my, my girlfriend's home. So it's her music room. Ah, oh, cool. Cool. I, I, it's very psychedelic. Yeah, it is with a new record right there. Hey, there you go. And what's the figure yeah. beside it? Who's standing beside it? Up there? Yeah. Who's the figure? There's a there's an action figure standing beside oh, the yeah. record. Uh, I see it yeah, in no, everybody's houses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, there's guitars and German helmets and the uh, arch and um, you know stuff. Ah, oh, man, that's awesome. Because it's summer over there, right? Yeah, it's in the middle of summer. Yeah, man, you must be absolutely loving it. Because down here, we're freezing our asses off, wishing that we were there. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's uh, actually last night was with the. Kind of a storm here, so there was like trees falling down outside and stuff. Is everyone all right? Hmm? Is everyone okay? Yeah, yeah. The trees just fell over some trash cans, so it made a hell of a noise. But uh, that's a relief. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good. Sometimes that happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, my name's Nev. It's great you could uh, join us on the show, Anders. It's uh, it's a pleasure to have nice you. Nice to tonight. see you, Nev. Yeah, yeah man. Cool. Of course, uh, awesome. the new Cadaver album, man. I, I love the fuck out of this thing. It is incredible, man. The Age of the Offended, uh, which yeah. is uh, this week. And, uh, man, it, it's great. And uh, as the title suggests, uh, we are, of course, in a time where social media runs people's lives. And, <laughs> and you know, people want things to rage against, not machines. Yeah. They want things to, they want to feel like they're part of something, I guess. And it's intoxicating to them. Um, was that what drove this album? Yeah. I mean, especially the title, I realized that, you know, having been an artist for 35 years, I've been out there outspoken about lots of things, uh, trying to point to different things in society and uh, religion and uh, authorities and all kinds of stuff all my life, but now it seems like uh, there's a misconception that uh, requires people to agree, like a consensus thing, which I think is pissing a lot of people off. Uh, and um, this uh, idea of having uh, everything just uh, grey and boring and uh, politically correct and all that stuff is totally against everything I grew up with. You know, it was when we grew up, we were lo looking at stuff like Monty Python. Uh, I mean, if any one of those Christian or Muslims out there who are on the fringes could look at uh, Life of Brian and understand the concept. I don't think they even understand the concept that this religions they're believing in is man-made. Yes. Uh, and they're to control the masses. And this this intelligent form of humor and sarcasm and uh, pointing people to, you know, directions where they didn't really understand things or explaining things with very silly jokes in a very good way, like intelligent conversations. I think intelligence is under threat. You know, all the 
all the stupidity and the stupid people have to have so much weight in today's society that everybody who's a little bit more, uh, I would wouldn't say smarter, but still that's probably what the correct word is. But uh, it feels like everybody who has strong beliefs base them on almost nothing, and everybody that knows something just. Uh, are not allowed to be experts anymore. Like uh, suddenly, when we had the pandemic, mm. all kinds of people that never studied medicine in their whole life is super experts on pandemics and vaccines. Is. Yeah, and all that. It's like you know, nobody would ever pretend to understand the relativity theory from Einstein mathematically. But it's on the same level of know-how, you know. So when all this absolutely idiots with the loudest, loudest mouth and the loudest phone are allowed to dictate what is go really going on, all the conflicting conspiracies and all, you know, there's like so much stuff going on right now. Like flat Earth society is even not even mentioned, but you know. That's kind of obvious that all these people who never got laid needed their own club. But uh, <laughs> it's that's right, man. That's exactly right. Yeah. So I mean, there's not there's something to rage about for anyone, you know. Even if it's uh, just, uh, I, I guess the next thing would be that you know clowns are offensive because they're. Uh, having big red noses and people with big red noses are uh, feeling ashamed. I don't know. It's uh, it's just a cascade of stupidity and idiocy. And, uh, so why don't people stop caring about things they don't like and care about things they like instead? That's my question. I agree, man. And that's, that's, that's my sort of outlook on life. Maybe I'm a bit old. And I, I, I came from the Ren and Stimpy uh, generation where it, everything yeah. was just fucked up and you just laughed about it. Like you mentioned about the life of Brian before, but you can't even, but these, these people now, they come from the, the family guy generation, man. And South Park where it's like really fucked up, but they just, everyone's offended. But I think this album's got a, definitely got a place to, to rage against that. So... Yeah, and but I mean, I'm not really pissed off by this. I think it's amusing to me because I find humans to be silly, you know. Mm-hmm. The more stupid people are, the more it amuses me. So it's uh, one of those things. Uh, I mean, it's a never-ending classic having those people ask people on the streets in America. I don't think people in America are specifically stupider, but they, they sure get uh, a hell of a lot of attention, those who are, you know. And people are like, uh, what is the Holocaust? Well, I don't know. Uh, I haven't been there yet. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Yeah, stuff like that it never gets old. It's oh, so man. funny. And, and what about the artwork? I really dig the artwork for this album. It's like a collage of, I mean, I can see you, you're in there, right? You're there. And then there's, yeah, you know, I, I know the mustache. But um, was there... What's the meaning behind the the art? How's that tie into it? Well, it's uh, basically an old school collage made from a photo and some other stuff. You know, I wanted things to be more uh, hands on and 
done by human beings rather than done by computers. So I wanted to show this old uh, uh, craftsmanship of uh, collages, which is just uh, basically cut and glue stiff stuff together. But if you do that cleverly, you can do really cool stuff. And it's very old school and free uh photoshop so i really wanted to have that because it it also sticks out as something original now when everybody's turned on to ai art you know or whatever it's true no it is true ai is absolutely everywhere taking over the world at the moment and i, I like the fact that you went old school with it how long how long did that sort of did you do it or who who did it and what no it's a it's a, an artist named the uh, flesh flies you can find her on instagram flesh flies okay so uh she was actually um suggested to me by uh, the late uh, justin bartlett who was designing everything i did since 99 he sadly passed away from cancer this year sorry to hear that so he, uh, yeah but he he was a driving force in the art world and extreme metal art and uh he found her, and uh, she was a Norwegian uh, woman. I didn't know her before, so we just started to work on some ideas, and she came up with some cool stuff, so I like that. That's awesome, man. How's your health health going? Are you okay? You going all right? Yeah, I'm I'm doing uh, perfectly fine. I'm, uh, I've never been better. That's awesome, man. You're in the clear, right? You're in the clear now? Yeah, I've been in the clear for three years now, actually. Yeah, kick ass, man. That's really yeah. good. I'm stoked for you, dude. Really, Thank really. Thank you. Good. Yeah, yeah, man. I've, I've, I've lost friends with with that before, and you know, it's, it's always triumphant when people, people win. So um, yeah, yeah, and uh, man, of course, the album as well is very musically diverse compared to uh, Edda and Bile. It's wild, man. You go in some crazy places, and you know, where, where did that come from? From this one. Well, I just wanted to incorporate more of the stuff we've been, uh, you know, inspired by, and uh, I'm not limited to the genre really because I think uh, Cadaver is a is a band which is kind of outside the genre genre norms because we were there be in the beginning of both death metal, black metal, and grindcore. So, mm. regardless, we were just like a different kind of out outfit, like. Um, it's kind of hard to compare bands, really. But I don't really want to do that. But like, uh, like Voivod was one of our huge yeah. inspirations. But they were never in one category. I mean, they they covered Venom live. They did really extreme things. They did super progressive things. They did like psychedelic stuff and really weird shit. So, um, you basically, I see Kadara as one of the bands in the more progressive uh, type of uh, outlets uh, when it comes to uh, diversity in the music. And uh, it is also because we come from that generation where there was no really genres. There was just like it's different kinds of extreme bands. It's uh, the younger generation that has the, you know, uh, I mean, even now, death metal is not one thing. It haven't been for a long time. Now there's like 30 different death metal categories. And to me, that's just silly because it's uh, uh, very limiting to whatever you do as a musician to try to fit into one like specific small genre Whether mu when music is so much more. You know, we all love Black Sabbath, but 
if you really listen to them, they are all over the place, like the Beatles yeah. or stuff like that. So it's not like I, I think the only thing that really doesn't fit what we're doing is a pure ballad. But having said that, I would rather actually it would be intriguing to make something really quirky and strange with like a, not acoustic guitars, but like clean sounds. I don't really mind doing strange things. I just want it to be sounding like us. But I, I, I don't think we're ever going to do uh, something which is uh, uh, soft in a, the soft kind of sense, so, because that doesn't really appeal to me. So it goes with what appeals to me, I think. So no acoustic album, no cadaver goes unplugged. <laughs> that would be really interesting. <laughs> I mean, that would be probably sound like a, the, the strangest rockabilly track you ever heard. I don't know. Maybe we'll just do something completely different. You know, we, I never really set the rules, but I, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I don't think an acoustic album per se would make any sense, but having even more dynamics would make sense, you yeah. know, because you have the double bass. So it could be interesting to take that to a different level next time, but we'll see. So I mean, with this album, of course, Dirk is is a busy dude. I saw him recently. He was down here with Megadeth in December, I believe it was. And uh, <laughs> man, he's just everywhere at the moment. Um, how are you guys making it work in terms of, you know, you being busy, him being busy, and everyone sort of meeting up? How's that work in terms of creativity? Well, as they, uh, he has a lot of downtime, you know, because they're doing tours and whenever they're not touring, I don't think they're rehearsing or hanging out. So he has a lot of time between tours and um, touring right now for any band on a smaller level is uh, not what it used to be. So I don't think we'll be touring much uh, in the normal kind of um, what used to be normal. Because this this kind of music is too specific to even raise enough cash for a band to travel around the world, so it has to be festivals or uh, boutique touring. I I guess you know because I'm I'm looking at all these kind of options that has been flying around, and right now it just you know I'm happy in my own studio recording, making music, also producing other bands, and. Um, Playing live is a big part of what I've done, but uh, I don't see uh, bands like us playing uh, long tours uh, anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Oh, man, I'd love to see you down. I mean, you've been down here to Australia before, you know, but not with... Yeah, but that was before money was... uh, (laughs) man. Yeah. It's crazy. It is crazy times. I mean, even on a local level down here, um, just to get it, one show because everywhere is booked up for months and months and months. Is it like that over there too? I'm guessing. Uh, well, I mean, Norway is a part of Europe, so it's not that far to go to Germany or the UK or stuff like this. So it's, uh, I mean, but a lot of international artists are skipping Norway because of costs, but that's on a level which is different from metal, you know. Mm. I'm not pop and uh, mainstream music is doing really well. But I think uh, underground music like we're doing is uh, not going to be able to tour worldwide uh, and uh, with the economy of music 
for the future. Uh, it's probably going to go back to when we started out, it was impossible to tour the world and now it's impossible again. So uh, uh, I, I'm not bothered by it. It was never my motivation to make music to tour the world, but uh, it's I don't think enough artists are talking about the reality of this because I think uh, many People that like smaller acts or stranger kinds of music are used to that. Sometimes they turn up in their neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I think that's uh, that's not really going to... I mean, for the older bands like us, that's uh, pretty much over. You know, because there's no economy to, uh, to make it happen. And well, I definitely hope something changes soon. Because you know, this this I I still have my bucket list of bands I love to see. See that I'm sure. going to get my ass on a plane and go and see. <laughs> well, I'll have to come to you. You know. Yeah, but well, I, it would actually be making more sense for fans like uh, and the, they do actually. I mean, the the festival in Norway, the Inferno and uh, Beyond the Gates in Bergen, they attract a lot of travelers because this is the only place they can see all these bands they want to see. You know. Uh, so that's probably more likely. We'll probably set up a few shows in Oslo and uh, with the other bands, and then make people come to see us here. You know, it's, makes makes more sense. Can I can I stay there with you? Sure, you can just, yeah, uh, just pull up a bean bag. Set up a tent. but uh man of course uh next year is the 20th anniversary of necrosis which is where the band left off previously have you got plans to sort of celebrate that in some way or 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 revisit it Mm, yeah there's plans of reissuing it and getting it out on vinyl Mm. Uh, other than that, uh, I'm not really celebrating the past that much. <laughs> you know, I'm always moving forward. Uh, but we'll see. You know, now right now I feel really happy that we managed to release this new album, and uh, we'll just see how that uh, takes uh, you know its own course, and uh, obviously open for playing festivals in 2024. So that's really what I'm aiming at and working on. And and of course, you released an autobiography years ago, right? Twenty eleven. Yeah, actually, I did that way way ahead though. Uh, <laughs> any good reason why to do it? But uh, yeah, you're gonna revisit some of that because I mean, it's it's like what was that? Twenty eleven. It's been almost like a whole other lifetime, bro. And you've been through so much. Do you, do you reckon you could? Maybe uh, add another chapter to it and and re-release it, or yeah, or make the first book one chapter and then the rest of it the rest of the book. Uh, I don't know. I I, I have actually a manuscript which is a sort of sorry semi-fiction about the the nineties. Okay, and I think that would be probably more interesting because then I can. Uh, you know, because back then, that's when things started out and strange things happened in a total different sense than later. You know, I don't like those uh, autobiographies that is uh, basically bragging about you doing this, doing that. Uh, it's more funny to go into more quirky sides of things, and uh, especially when things go really wrong. 
you know, I think the the best stories from bands are when things really go to shit. Yes, it's true. Because that that is uh, that's where you really find out who you are and what, why do you want to do this. There's been and most of that really bad shit happened in the nineties somehow, you know. So it, uh, I think that's a much more entertaining book to read than to read about people people accomplishing anything because that's not really funny to read, you know. It has to it has to have the train wreck side of things to <laughs> be a good story. So I, I think I'll try to incorporate more of the train wrecks into one consistent. Yeah. Uh, the plan the plan I had a long time ago actually I made a synopsis and started to write stuff about this from the New Year's Eve of 1990 until the New Year's Eve of 1999 and I don't think that's been done yet and it, I don't really care if it's done yet because it's a total different story so and that's the decade which really defines uh, all the you know myths and turmoil and shit in a total different way than things have happened since ever since things started to become professional, things are kind of getting more boring. If you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 It's much more fun to read about people who really have no clue what they're doing and fuck up everything. And yeah, do all the stupid things they do when they do that, which is uh, part of growing up. But uh, yeah, that's, that's a better story. And that's not necessarily a total autobiography, but more like a, you know, a view or into the whole nineties. So maybe that's gonna happen. Sign me up. I think yeah. Netflix Netflix needs to like drive a money truck to your house and make this happen because I want to see it. Because you know, I grew up in that area as well. I, I was I was a young lad and uh yeah. You know, I I would love to hear some of those. But even even if you have to change some of the names for legal reasons, I'm sure you've got quite a few good ones. Yeah, I mean, like things are now. Lots of the better characters for the better or worse are actually dead too. So it's uh, one of those things. Time flies. So we'll we'll probably have to do tell the story before everybody's gone. And. I'm down for that. I'm down for that. But of course, I mean, you know, what else you got coming up then outside of of Cadaver? You know, you got the album coming out. A few shows. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm working on a few other uh, music projects in my studio. I mean, we're also rehearsing to do this uh, Cadaver album uh, live, but um, I'm working on something completely different with um, you know, why do not. What was that, sorry? Why do you know there's Viking music band? Oh, yeah, yeah, well, Druna, yeah, 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 yeah. Well. So one of those guys in that band, the guy who's uh, John Stenderson, the guy who's playing the, one of the main um, lead instruments in the live band, He, him and I started to work on something in April, May. And they have been recording quite a few bits and pieces of something which sounds like, uh, uh, can I describe it like a even more ambient but heavier version of what they're doing, but without uh, the Viking theme and the kind of lyrics they have. So it's more like uh, 
meditative, uh, almost like a doomy version of what they're doing. Uh, so the songs are super long, totally anti-commercial. This one it's like uh, sixteen minutes. It's the shortest song. That's so cool, man. Has it got a name? Have you got a name for it? Yeah, it's it's called the Third Circle. Sick. When's that? When's so, it coming out? When can we expect? Yeah, I mean, we recorded a lot of stuff just uh, like I said in April, May, and then he went on tour, and I've been busy. Uh, you know, doing all the things to release this album. So yeah. we're going to probably go get back together and um, figure things out with this in um, in the autumn. That's awesome, man. I can't wait to hear, hear that. That's That sounds incredible. But uh, yeah, that's awesome. And I'm always doing something new, which I find the most interesting. That is something about you as a musician, though. I've noticed throughout the years, you've not just stuck to death metal. You've you've dabbled in other styles, like even like the industrially stuff um, with Magenta. Or, you know what I mean? The mm-hmm. stuff you've you you're quite diverse when it comes to your own musical taste. But you, when you do your death metal, you do it really well. <laughs> What's what where, where yeah. you most of the time, man? Like what when you sit down to listen to an album, what is it you lean towards the most? I'm always a song by song interested, actually more like the sound and the vibes, and uh, because basically I'm not uh, invested in heavy touring anymore. So I'm always, you know, this album, Kadar album, pretty much was recorded and done a year ago. So I have a lot of time in my studio to do other things and i always also work on new Kadar stuff or re-releasing stuff so there's also there's a line of production going on which is uh kind of uh on its course but sometimes sorry sometimes uh i never search for other projects anymore they just come to me so this thing with the vadruna guy he just he just started to talk to me he wanted to meet me at the inferno festival and he came to me with this idea that is correlating with an idea I had. So we just started to work together because of his approach. So uh, I'm very fortunate to be able to know so many talented uh, musicians that want to work with me. So I, when they have some ideas which is really up my alley, I won't really want to try it out and see where it can take me and what's happening, you know, because it's so many, so many things you can do to life. But uh, if you constantly think that you should just do one thing yes that's probably good for some people but uh, the variation makes it all in more interesting for me so i just need to carry out all the ideas i have all the time to uh also uh look at uh stuff like that with a fresh set of eyes so it it's not just stuck in one thing and as i said i'm i'm not leaning on getting out on the road all the time to play live anymore so it's uh i got a lot of time on my hands actually to do all kinds of things i want to do which is great that's that's what you want man it's always sad when you hear bands and they sort of get stuck in their ways they get stuck in that one sound and they can't break away from it the only way they can do it is by side projects or stuff like that but you 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 got in there early and you you didn't you didn't set the rules, which is the way to do it. And that's why I uh, respect you as a musician, mate. Thank you. Love it. Love it. But uh, hey, man, 
thanks for hanging out on the show. I really appreciate you taking the time, man. This has been great. Thank you for uh, waiting for me to uh, figure out where to go to do this interview. So, <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> hey, yeah. you've got the cool room. You know, yeah, yeah, but like, it seems like I really like the fact that almost every interview I'm doing is uh, podcasts or uh, live stuff. Uh, I mean, for YouTube and stuff like that, because I think that's where things are happening now. And uh, to be honest, I haven't read a music magazine for maybe, I don't know, even when that was, you know, it's uh, it's good to be more interactive with people and talk to them about things. And uh, uh, this way, it's also more dynamic. You know, I'm coming out actually with my own YouTube series. Oh, cool, man. The- the age of the offended where i'm interviewing artists about the age of the offended and how they view things so, so i have stuff coming up on the, the cadaver channel as well with uh, interviews with the nargal from behemoth mike from soulfly attila from mayhem these girls from a band called the uh witch club satan and uh the best part is probably when I talk to a lot of fans out on the field on a huge festival in Oslo and everybody was super afraid of saying anything offensive. So um, we'll see where that this takes us. The The world seems to be a stranger and stranger place. So let's just go for it. Uh, I'm Sign me up, mate. I will subscribe to that. You just need to get a few beers into people and then they loosen up and then they'll say anything. Which then they later regret, <laughs> you know. That is true. That's the, that's the regretting part, which is the sad thing. People shouldn't regret anything. That's no right. No regret is uh, there's nothing to regret. You know, the regret is just grinding your your uh, brain up into thinking that you should have done something different. What's done is done. You need to move on. Move on. That's it. That's it. That's the best advice, mate. But uh. Hey, in the meantime, we will have all the links down here and on the website and the YouTubes and the Spotify's and all that uh, for The Age of the Offended. And, uh, mate, what an incredible album. And I appreciate your time hanging out today, brother. Thank you. All right. Thank you, man. Take care, bro. See you, you, mate.